We are up to the Ayin Dalit Amid Aleph. So till now we've been learning about that a man who is betrothed to a woman, he has the right to annul her Nadarim jointly with her father. Now, and then if he is married to her, then only he has the right, not the father at all. Now we're going to learn about a woman who's a Shemeris Yavim. Just to drag up some of the things that we learned in Yavamas. A woman whose husband passed away childless, if there are any brothers, surviving brothers, she has, uh, there's a mitzvah for the, one of them to marry her, or at least to give her a chalitza, one or the other. In the meantime, she's known as a shemeres yavam. She's waiting for that yavam. But, you know, by Yaakov, aviv shemeres adavar. He is waiting. Now, during that period, is there a bond or an existing bond already between them? Or is there no bond between them, but there's an obligation for them to marry each other? That's known as zika, that bond. So basically, we have three opinions. And within those three opinions, there are many more. One opinion is that, yes, there is a bond. Yes, zika. I mean, even before the Yava marries the Yavama, there's already a, a bond between the two. That's one view. <clears throat> On the other end of the spectrum, there's another view that says, ain't zika. There's no bond there at all until they actually do something proactively to, to engage with each other. There's no bond. The third opinion is like a compromise, I'm sure. And he holds that if there's only one brother-in-law in the waiting, then there's a bond because you know exactly who you're going to end up with. But if there's more than one brother, let's say two brothers-in-law, how do you know which one you can end up marrying? So therefore, there's no bond there at all. And we're going to see in our mission that the machlek is between these three. Then we also have another situation is where the Taita says the way to, um, to consummate that relationship is through beer, having having a, um, you know, a relationship, physical relationship. What happens if you gave her Kedushin? That's known as a Mimer. You said that you were going to get engaged like an ordinary wife, a Mimer. So by a Mimer, we had an argument. Mimer, Midrabanan, achieves something, that there's already some relationship between the two because he gave her a Mimer. Or like Beshame says, it's Mahatayra. Mahatayra, if you gave her a Mimer, then she's considered your betrothal, your betrothed wife. And it, <clears throat> so that's within Maimer itself, there are two opinions, whether it's only Midrabanan or whether it's Midrabanan. If Maimer is only Midrabanan, if Maimer is only Midrabanan, then one of the other brothers, after, let's say, Reuven, uh, Reuven died, Shimon gave a Maimer to Reuven's wife, comes along later and either gives a divorce to Reuven's wife or he has relations with Reuven's wife. That upsets the Maimer that Shimon gave. And now she cannot live with either one, and you have to give her a chalitza. That's if you hold that Maimir is Midrabanan. If Maimir is Mahatayra, it's questionable what happens in that case there. Okay, that's introduction to understand the mission we learned today regarding what rights does the Yavam himself have in annulling her nether. And the way we understand the Mishnah right now, we're, we're assuming that the Yavam has a unilateral right, doesn't have to join with the father. Later on, the Gemara is going to tell us that, yes, the father, just like any other woman who's engaged, is the father jointly with the husband. Here's the father together with the Yavam. Let's go in the Mishnah. Three opinions. Shemed is Yavam, she's being to marry her brother-in-law. Bainli Yavam Echa, Bainli Shnei Yavam. This Rabbi Lezer holds, it doesn't matter whether she's waiting for one brother-in-law or whether she's waiting for two brothers-in-law. In both instances, Rabbi Lezer Yafet, that what, that the, that the Yavam has a right to annul and that there's already a natural bond between the two. And therefore, you have the right to annul the nether. That's Rabbi Lazar. Comes along. 
Um, Rabbi Yeshua, he says it depends. He makes sort of a compromise. He says, provided there's only one brother-in-law, then there's a bond. But if there's two, how do you know which one you're going to end up with? It doesn't work. And Rabbi Akiva says, Akiva says there's no bond whatsoever between the Yavim and, and, and this woman. And therefore, you have no right to annul the Comes along Rabbi Lezer and he says, in logic, I'm going to prove to you that the Yavim has a right to uh, annul the nether. In my opinion, the Yavim is stronger than an ordinary chasm. And why is that? Because an ordinary chasm, you met the strange woman and you decided to marry her. When it comes to a Yavim, the Torah put you in this situation. The Torah says that now you have to marry her. So which, which one do you think has a stronger bond? Someone that the Torah insists that you have to marry her or someone you did on your own? Of course, what the Torah did. So if, if a chassan can know the wife's nadarim when they're just engaged, surely a yavam who the Torah says he must marry this woman, surely, and there's a zika, I believe there's a bond, surely he has the right to know the That's Rebelezer's view. I'm Rebelezer. If a woman, you decide on your own to marry this woman who's not related to you, how do you make it in the red? The law says that you have a right to annul her nadarim. So isha shehiktalim in the a woman that the Torah said, you must marry this person. Surely the Yavam is, is in a better situation, position, and he should be able to go ahead and annul her the Dharma. Um, Amla, said to him, no, I disagree with you. Why? I'm going to focus on exclusivity. When it comes to a Hassan and a Kala, they're engaged, they're exclusive to each other. Nobody else can, can, can interfere now. But when it comes to a Yavam, there are two, let's say, two brothers-in-law. Either brother can marry her, and one brother does a mime, and another can come and upset it. In other words, there's no exclusivity at this moment. So, therefore, Abba Kiva said there's no exclusivity. What power? Why does this person have a power, and this person doesn't have a power? Says Abba Kiva. Omar Abba Kiva, Abba Kiva said, When it comes to a woman, that you decided to marry, no one has any rights over this woman, just an exclusive arrangement between you and her. Okay. What page yeah. is it? What I'm page sorry. is it? Somebody can what? tell them, please. We're middle of the mission of 74A, but can someone tell them exactly where we're up to? 74A? I'm not sure. Does someone have an art scroll there? Yeah. What can number? You? No, besides you, does anybody else have an art scroll? Yeah, yeah. 74A1. Just to halfway through the Mishnah. Okay. So Akiva says, when it comes to a, a, a chasen and a kala, there's an exclusive arrangement between the two. When it comes to a woman, when it comes to Yavama, that the Torah said that you have to marry her. No exclusive arrangement. If you have a brother, he also has that same mitzvah to marry her. And even though the, we learned in Gemara Yavama, it's preferred that the older one marries, but really any one of them can marry her. The brother also has the same mandate to marry her as you do. So therefore, you don't have exclusive rights over her. Amr, Rabbi Shua said, Akiva, Rabbi Shua said, Akiva, okay, Akiva, now Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Shua, both of them teachers are Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shua said, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, you handled Rabbi Leza very well, but you didn't answer me. What do you mean? When it comes to two brothers-in-law, you gave a good answer. But how do you know which one? There's no exclusive arrangement because each one has a right 
has right or a mandate to marry this woman. In my situation, where I only say that when there's only one Yavam, so obviously he has a mitzvah to marry her. No one else has rishus over her. No one else has that mitzvah. So obviously he's, he's in a very strong position. He should be able to know the Nadar. Amalek, but Kiva comes along and says, no, even in one that in one doesn't work either. Why not? He says to him, because their relationship is not um, consummated like as opposed to a, a Rusa, a woman who's betrothed to her husband. The relationship between a husband and his uh, a Rusa is far stronger than a Yavani woman. How do you see the house play out? So more later on we'll say, if a married woman or a woman is engaged, commits adultery, she will receive skill, stoned, the strictest kind of punishment. If a Yavama decides to commit adultery, she only gets malchus, she only committed a lot. So that shows that, forget the word exclusivity, the relationship itself is on a lower level by a Yavama than when it comes to a married woman. Therefore, by, a, by an engaged woman, he has a right to an Dora. not when it comes to Yavama. Okay, so the good mother, let's understand each of these opinions. I understand Rabbi Kiva, somebody holds Ainzik. Abakiva holds, I don't believe in this bond. There's no bond whatsoever, just a mitzvah to marry. And as long as you haven't filled the mitzvah, there's no bond. Why should he enroll in the dorm? Okay, I understand that. But Abishu holds, yes, there is a bond. And therefore, the Torah says, it's as if they are married and, uh, and either they're like engaged and therefore the father and him together can enroll in the dorm, or it's like totally married and only he can enroll in the dorm. Fine. However, Rabbeleza in my time, Rabbeleza is difficult to understand. What's he thinking? Even if he believes that there's a bond, if there are two brothers in waiting, how do you know which one is going to marry her? Aim Breira. And you want that whoever marries her later retrospectively should be considered married. It doesn't help over here. Why doesn't it help? Maybe Rabbeleza holds, if you remember, we learned the Gemara in Hashutvin, we had the whole argument of Yaakov and the Chachamim, and we discussed whether Breira means whether an actor activity later can reflect on something before. For example, what happens if, um, you know, you make an air on both sides of the city, you don't know the, which side the Chacham is coming. So you say tomorrow morning, I'll find out which side. That's the side I want the air to, to be functional. That's called Bereira. But uh, the halach is, when it comes to mitzvahs in the Torah, ain't Bereira. So we're assuming Rabbi Leza does not believe in Bereira. If you don't believe in Bereira, so it doesn't matter tomorrow one of the brothers-in-law will marry. But at this point, we don't know which one it'll be. So how can you know the nether? Or others say, even if you hold that yes, even if you say Rabbi Leza holds yes Bereira, but not when it comes to annulling a nether. Because the title says clearly that the husband hears and he will annul. That means at the time of annulment, it has to be already clear, does this person have the right to annul it or not? And therefore, what retrospectively... Page, what, what page is it on in the... We're still 74A, but uh, I don't know. Somebody please tell them where we are. 74A, Nazir. Uh, we, we're, we just started the Gemara. Uh, three lines in the Gemara. On the... In Nazir? Uh, in the Darim. The Darim, in not the... Nazir. Darim. We're in the Gemara and the Darim. Nazir is the next Gemara. <clears throat> okay. Ami said, so come to Rabami and he adds one more, one more very important uh, criteria, and that is Amr Rabami Maimer. Not Rabbi is talking about a case here that one of the brothers went ahead and gave a Maimer. 
gave a ring. Now, how does that help? If a maimer is only medirabonon, and we're talking about the Torah given right for a husband to annul the dharma of his wife, what does it help me that medirabonon he's considered the husband? But Mahatayde, the Torah doesn't recognize him as the husband, so how can he annul the dharma? So we go one step further. But Rabbeleza Rabbeleza follows me, that a maimer, the Torah recognizes the maimer, that it's a bond, and therefore, Yavam has the wh whoever gave the maimer has the right to another dharma. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua, was Rabbi Shua going to respond to that? So how can Rabbi Shua says that two brothers-in-law it doesn't work? If one of them gave a maimer, give a maimer. Rabbi Shua, I don't know, Rabbi will tell you, Hanimili bechad Yavam. I agree that maimer is koina, but you know when maimer is koina, only with his one brother-in-law, so nobody can upset it. No, it doesn't work. Why? Because I hold that even if you follow Beishamai, that Maimer requires Matoida, yet you didn't cut out the other brother yet. If the other brother comes forward and gives her a divorce, or the other brother goes and has a relationship with her, completely upsets the Maimer that you made. The brother came along and gave her, and gave her a get. Or had be with her, no, not neither of them can can um, can marry her. Well, Mayfer, so therefore you want this guy to be able to give hafara, but how do you, there's no guarantee that he'll end up marrying her because other brother can mess up the whole thing. That's how Tyson learns. Others learn that Rabbi Shua is saying, and therefore there is no mimer here whatsoever, or we hold mimers only with the rabbanon, and and, uh, and 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 therefore it doesn't really work by by it, um, by by that the other brother could upset it. And therefore, it doesn't work by two brothers. But one brother, it does work. Now, why would it work by one brother? We'll see more another reason in a minute why. Says the Gemara. <clears throat> so he holds that the, the Rabbi Shua says, no maimer. Maimer is meaningless, Rabbana. The bond itself is enough. But when is the bond enough? If there's only one brother. If there are two brothers, then the bond doesn't do anything. Because you don't know which brother is the one who's bonded. Because either one can marry her. And the Maimed, I don't feel like Bishamah, Maimed does nothing. Now, it makes sense to say Rabbeleza follows Bishamah because we have a general rule in Rabbeleza Shamuti. Rabbeleza is a Shamuti. Now, what does Shamuti mean? Some, some Rishayim say it means he was put in, uh, in Kherim, he was excommunicated because that whole story in Bamatziyah where he maintained his opinion against all the rabbis. But Taisa says, because he followed Bishamah. Rabbeleza was known as Shamuti because he followed Bishamah. So, therefore, he followed Bishamah. And that's why he follows Ibishama. So about Rabbi Kiva, what's Rabbi Kiva? He holds Ainzika, there's no bond whatsoever. That's why the Yavan can never know the wife of Dharma. What about Rabbi Lazar? Rabbi Lazar in Gemara Yavam is a quick reminder we learned here. Rabbi Lazar says that even according to Bishama, that says that Maimer creates a bond from the Taita, not the way we think that it, it makes them husband and wife. No. What it or makes them chas and kala, not at all. What it does is it prevents a problem. And that is as follows. What happens? Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben married a, a woman who's unrelated, but Shimon and Levi both married two sisters. If both Shimon and Levi die, then Reuben does not have a mitzvah to marry either wife because he can't, in fact, because each one is considered the sister of the one that is Zokuk. Each one, you have to marry both of them. So each one is a sister of another one that you're having a relationship with. And you cannot marry the sister of someone you're already having a relationship with. So therefore, they're both forbidden. What happens if Shimon's wife dies first and you did nothing about it yet, and then Levi's wife died? The same story. What happens if you gave a minor to Shimon's wife, but you didn't yet go beyond that? 
According to us, Maimer is only Medurabana. That means Mahatayda, you didn't do anything here at all. And then when Levi passes away, you have two sisters, you can't marry either one. But according to Beishamah, if you gave a Maimer, the Taida says, I will recognize the Maimer as so far that she's no longer the sister of Ozaka, which means if Levi dies then, then Levi's wife is free because Levi's wife's sister, Shimon's wife, is sort of married to Reuven already, and you're not allowed to marry the, the you know, the, the, you're not allowed to marry the sister of your wife. So that's how far we extend this Maimer. But apart from that, to preventing the problem of two sisters, Maimer doesn't do anything. So if Maimer does nothing, even according to Vershamai, what's the logic of Rabbi that two brothers are waiting, what's the logic that they have a right to annul the Nedim? Says the Gemara. Uh, the only thing in is to prevent the, the two sisters having that problem. What's the logic of Rabbi Lazar? He says, you know what we're talking about here? There were two brothers-in-law and neither of them did anything. And she's waiting and she's in a state of limbo. She wants to know what's happening. They do nothing. So she took one of them to the entire, or one of them was overseas, took the other one to the entire, and said, either give me a chalitza or marry me, one or the other. And then he fled. So um, the bezin goes, steps into his property, and he has to start providing for his sister-in-law. And we learned yesterday, because the only Nadarim that the husband can know are Nadarim that have to do with their relationship, and she wants to remain married to this person, so she doesn't want to in any way harm that relationship. So we're saying, therefore, that when she makes a net, she, has, she thinks, even though she didn't spell it out, but she thinks as long as it doesn't harm the relationship, as long as my, my husband is okay with it. If my husband is not okay with it, it harms the relationship, then I don't want it to happen. So that's why Rabbi Leza says the net there falls apart, because we're not talking about a case. Right now we're saying, we're not talking about necessarily about a, that he gave a minor, we're talking about an ordinary case, even though uh, two brothers, we're talking about a case where they went to Dintera and the, the Bezin Paskin that this person has to do one way or another. So now any of the donors, from that junction onwards, any of the donors she makes, he has a right to a note. And Rabami said, we're talking about he'd made a minor. Says the Gemara, Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, the Gemara will bring a proof to Rabami. It says our Mishnah, Omar Ablezer, Ablezer says, Ablezer <clears throat> said, I'll, I'll tell you logic. That's an ordinary case of a husband and wife where you decide to marry a woman. You have the right to cancel A woman that the Abish said you have to marry. Surely you're in a stronger position that you should be able to know in a Dorim. Now, I'm asking a question about me. If you're telling me the Pshat in the Mishnah is the reason why Rabbi Leza says that, even though there are two brothers-in-law, even the, the one brother-in-law could annul it because he gave her a minor. So what's Rabbi Leza making a distinction between an ordinary case of a married woman or a case of, um, of Yavama when he said, because a married woman, you went ahead and you made it happen. But Yavama also, you made it happen. You told me he made a minor. It just, it's not just a natural state of affairs that there's a bond between the two. No, you're saying here is that he went ahead and gave her a ring and and and, and he made a mime himself. No, so what's the difference? What's the Kalbachim is trying to make? In both cases, you were proactively trying to strengthen that relationship. Says he, but if Ibish also a mimer, if you're talking about a case he made a mime, then Kalala Atsmoyhu. Then he it's not Minashimaim, you yourself strengthen this relationship. Answer the Gemara. <clears throat> You're right. 
he gave the ring. But why did he give the Yavama the ring? Why did he give the ring? Because the Torah said you have to marry her. So it's like a joint effort between the Torah and yourself. But on the other hand, when it comes to an ordinary woman, you decided to, to marry this particular woman. You have no reason to marry her. You decided you want to marry her. You fell in love with her and you want to marry her. So that's totally your own doing. So which is stronger? A case where the Abish that prompted you to go ahead and marry this woman. And then you went ahead and gave her a ring. So therefore, Beleza says, surely in this case, you should have the capacity to annul her in the dark. Says the Gemara, if so, Tifsha, we should resolve from, in our Mishnah, it says, Yafe, that the Yavam can annul the Nadar. Sounds like he does it solo, without the help of the father. So if so, Tifsha, the boy, Rabbi, let's resolve a question that Rabbi asked in the Mariyavamas, and that is as follows. Maimir, the Beishame, according to Beishame, he says, if he gave her Maimir, it's from the Torah, how far do we take it? Do we say it's as if they're engaged? So you still have to go through a chuppah before you're before you consider 100 married, and then you're a get. So you're actually married. You don't have to do a chuppah anymore by giving a mimer and you're a yavama. You're already married. Tivshait. Let's resolve from our mission. You're totally married. How do I see that? Because if if you did a mimer, all you are is engaged. What did we learn the last few days? That a girl is engaged. You need the help of the father, the partnership of the father and the husband combined to annul a nether. But our Mishnah says the Yavam Yafer does it on his own. So it must be that our Mishnah believes that she is considered married to the person. When you're married, the father is no longer in the picture. So let's resolve it. But now we learned before, previously, Naida Marasa, a girl who's engaged, Ovia Ubaila, her father and her husband, Mafidara, annul a Omar Nachman by Yitzchak, says, when the Mishnah says Yafer in singular, Yafer b'shutfer, doesn't mean does it on his own, it means he does it in a partnership. Ayn Dalu is in the middle of the page. So the Mishnah is actually, no, Raya, you could learn that the Mishnah is talking about merely that a mimer, according to Beishamai, which he considers is Mahatoida, nevertheless, all it is, he got engaged, and the Mishnah says Yafer, that he knows the nether, that means his part is to know his part of the nether, and the father will do his part. So no proof one way or another. So now the Gemara is going to bring a proof to Rab Ami that when Rabbi Eliezer says that there are two, two Yavams, nevertheless, that they have a right to annul the nether, even though we don't know which stage it is, we're talking about someone who gave a minor. And because he gave a minor, therefore, it's considered like Beishamah, it's Mahatayra, and that is why he can annul the nether. <clears throat> so, and I told you before, Rabbi Eliezer generally follows Beishamah. Even though it's very difficult to understand, because we had, and I never really had a good answer. The Gemara Megillah says, Rabbi Lezer Ben Hurkana says that, give me credit that I never ever deviated from my rabbis. I always followed what my rabbi said. Who was Rabbi Lezer Ben Hurkana's rabbi? Rabbi Yechem Zakai. Who was Rabbi Yechem Ben Zakai's rabbi? We had a Gemara there. Was Hillel, not Shammai. So how can Rabbi Lezer Ben Hurkana follow Shammai? Shamuti, you follow Shammai when he clearly said, that he only followed his teacher, and his teacher was ultimately Hillel. Don't know. Anyway, Tanya Nami Hachi Kirabami. We actually learned the Bryce like Rabami. And he goes, the, the, the Bryce is more or less going to repeat the Mishnah, but add a few nuances. We'll go through quickly. Shemed is Yavim, first opinion. A woman who's in waiting to marry a brother in law, Bain Yavim Echad, Bain Shnei Yavami, it doesn't matter whether there's only one brother in law waiting or two brothers in law waiting, or Blazam Yafer. Either brother in law can, can be made for the Nedim. Why? We don't know yet. We'll soon see. So Rabbi Ami is the one who said, it's talking, it must be, even though yes, Zika, even though there's a bond, but with who? You don't know which one will end up with. So Rabbi Ami said, because one of the brother-in-law talking about gave a mimer. That's the brother-in-law who has a right to another. We'll soon see. 
Rabbi Shuaime, Lechel, Shnaim, only there's one brother in law. Then we say there's a bond too. You don't know which one will end up. Kiva says, There's no such thing as a bond. There's just a mitzvah for them to marry each other. And Kozman, they didn't marry. There's no bond between the two. Omar Abelazar says, This is his logic. A woman, she's an ordinary woman you have no connection with until you actually get engaged. And yet the din is say once you get engaged, she's your she's your wife. And you can go ahead and all the if you're with the father. That's it. It completes the marriage. So Isha, a woman, she yes, say a woman that you already have a bond with before you do anything. The Torah says you have to marry her. So Misha say once she comes into your relationship. Surely, surely that you should be able to you know, complete the marriage and complete it and you have rights over her. Now, what does it mean when he says once she comes up, what, what did he do? Kozman, you didn't get married. She's not your wife yet. You're just doing nothing. Must be you did something and that is mimer. So we see from the word that there was a mimer there. Give says, well, you know. Imam Rabbi Shishikano laughs, but you know why by a woman, an ordinary wife, because it's exclusive. It's only yours. No one else has a right to get involved. Just like you had no share in her before. Nobody had a share in her before either. And then once you get married, it's exclusively yours. When it comes to Yavama, just like you have a right over some of others as well. So there's no, therefore, you have no exclusive right over her. So why should you be able to know another? What you just said is perfect when it comes to two women. But when it comes to the case that I said, well, there's only one brother, there's no one else. So the only one who has a mitzvah to marry is this brother. So why can't he annul the Nadarm? Akiva said, and again, he spells that a bit more than Alam Mishnah. You think I make a distinction between one or two? It makes no difference. Number one. Number two. Whether she made a maimer, we didn't make a maimer. The fact that Abakiva introduces the idea that, that the brother in law gave a maimer shows Abakiva heard Rabbi Lezer, who said clearly that his din only applies to where there's a maimer. Abakiva says, I don't care. Maimer, no maimer. Nothing happened because the mind is only Midrabanan and therefore does not give you the right to annul the dark. And then Abakiva continues. And just like in other dinim, Cain and the Dharm. The Dharm is the same thing. Just like it's regarding other dinim. They're not considered married. So too, when it comes to the normal of the Dharm, a Yavama and a Yavam are not considered married. And we'll tomorrow explain in a minute what that means. So Beloshan has other Benazi. When Benazi heard this whole discussion, he said, Chavalo lech Benazi, woe was to you Benazi, she masters of Akiva, he didn't serve Rabbi Akiva. Another Gemara, I think, Chulun, he says, same thing about himself, why he didn't serve Rabbi Shmuel. We learned in Yavam, Benazi actually married Rabbi Akiva's daughter, and, uh, but didn't marry, for, didn't stay married for very long. He said, Nafshi Choshka Batayda, I have this desire to live Taita. And he was a very sharp, sharp person. In fact, he referred, according to Rashi, he referred to Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Kiva Karcha, he called him the Baldi. No, he wasn't very respectful of Rabbi Kiva, and yet deep down he knew that he should have learned from Rabbi Akiva. Anyway, says the Gemara, so my Tanya Kavosir about me, where do you see in this Bryce? I already spelled out for you the two proofs, but the Gemara will spell it out now. Where do you see in the Bryce? It says, Bain Sha'asa Ba Maimer, Bain Sha'asa Maimer. Rabbi Kiva says, whether a Maimer, Rabbi Kiva said, it makes no difference whether the brother law made a Maimer, didn't make a Maimer. Why would Rabbi Kiva even raise that issue? Because he must have heard Rabbi Leza say that my view is only limited to a case where the brother law made a Maimer. Rabbi Kiva says, 
I don't care. Even a Maimah doesn't know anything. Maimah's Rabbanon doesn't give him the right to an old Nador. Or in Ami Meresha, from the first part of the Bryson. The Tani, it says, Mishanichnos of the Shusindigmaloi, when, when, just like by a, um, by a, a married woman, um, what Abeleza says, when you take a, a stranger that the Torah didn't even tell you to man, mandate you to marry her, and yet when you take her into your shus, you have the right to annul an adarim. So surely a woman that you already have a chale before you took her into the shus, after you took her into the shus, and we're not talking about you married her, because then just an ordinary wife. So what does after you took her in your shus mean? After you said a maimer, and you can already annul the adarim. So we see that Abeleza holds like Beshamai, a maimer is ma'atayra, and therefore you have a relationship and you can annul adarim. If he didn't give her a maimah, didn't give kedushin, then what, 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 what do he do? The, the relationship is natural. As soon as his brother passed away, then you're a yavama and I'm a yavam. Obviously, he did something, a Says the Gemara, Tivshet Minei Kesha Asabar Maimah. So the Gemara said, from here you see clearly that, like Rabami, that he made a maimah. Says the Gemara, Mai Ukeshar Dvorim Kein Adar. What did it mean when he said, that just like in other things, they're not really considered married, so too when it comes to Nadar. They tell you, you mentioned. Omar Rabbi says, Rabbi Hachitan, this is what he meant. He had to make it, don't you agree? Sheein chayov and skila. Kenayin hamarasa. What happens if a nayin hamarasa girl is engaged, is committing adultery with witnesses? She gets stoned. But if the Yavama commits adultery or you know, has relations, it's only an Avera lav. Omar Rabbi Ashi, masis navadek. In fact, don't have to look at the Braisa. Even in our Mishnah, it seems clear that that's what Akiva meant. The difference is skila or a much lesser punishment, which shows that the bond between the Yivama and Yivama is on a much lower scale. He says, Ein Yivama gemura isha. Yivama is not a complete relationship to husband. Kishem isha. Not like a Rusa that's completely tied to husband. In what way? When she's completely tied to husband, if she commits adultery, she gets skilled. But by Yivama, it's not completely tied together. There's no nata. And therefore, she only has a love of living with anybody else. Okay, we'll stop here. And Yimi will